Well, that's what I was. I wanted to start this podcast by <clears throat> saying to you, gentlemen, it cannot be understated how incredible it was to have two Sundays in a row with stress-free, no Browns. Last week, last Sunday, Raleigh and yeah. I lived downtown Chicago, not together. Raleigh, last Sunday, I took a long walk from our hood down to downtown in the loop with my headphones and one of those rich mom walks, whatever they call them. This past Sunday, I didn't drink, but went to the bar to watch my my Bears friends suffer to death against the Miami Dolphins, who we'll get into in a second. Um, guys, mental health is strong right now. But anyway, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I- welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. Sorry to interrupt you, Raleigh. You got Kevin. And Raleigh. And we bring on a very special guest this week, Mr. Jacob Roach. Jacob is a co-founder of Network 216. He co-hosts the Barking Browns podcast and the I Agree Go Cavs podcast. And he also writes about the Browns on dogpounddaily.com. Jacob, thanks for joining us, sir. And what's up? Hey, man, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Anytime somebody wants to talk Browns, I'm I'm excited. No, you, you know what? I echo what you say. The mental health in Browns fandom is good right now. That's we needed it big time. Hey, before we get into the game, um, talk a little bit about your Browns activities, if you will. Like talk about Network 216, your podcast and your history working and writing at uh, Dog Pond Daily. Yeah, man, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do that. My wife will tell you it's way too much, but uh, <laughs> you know, we got together with uh, you know Mick, Nick Carnes and me have been doing the Barking Brown show since uh, we started right after the draft last year in 2021. So like, we're we're at like 80 some episodes now, going strong once a week, and we kind of went together with some other guys, Tyler Johnson and Zach DeFranco uh, at the fit. They were originally the Feeling Dangerous podcast, now the Faithful Dogs podcast, after that Baker thing went a little bit south on them. And uh, we kind of put it together and got a whole bunch of podcasts going on with Network 216. We're just, uh, I, and then I wanted to, I got so mad at the Browns, I wanted to cover a good team. So I started a Cavs podcast because I thought, like, you know, like it was, this was when we were two and five, right? We get, we get to two and five, I'm like, up. Full board doing a Cavs podcast. I need something to be happy about, like going going on in there. But uh, yeah, so like I we do some. I do weekly Tuesday at eight p.m. Uh, you'll see me and Nick talk about the Browns every week, and uh, it's it's been a great experience because Browns Twitter and all this stuff has gotten me some like my best friends in my in my in the world. Like you know, Nick's one of my best friends, and we've done that sort of thing. And I've been writing for uh, Dog Pound Daily since February. It's been very surreal. Um, I, in the summer I reached a hundred or I reached a million views, like a million page views, which Let's was go. like absurd though. That's right. Unreal. Like you're like, Oh my God, like a million people have read what I had to say about football, dude. I don't know, man. I I'm sure you guys kind of share some of a lot of this stuff, but having people tune in and just getting to talk and network and meet you guys, I would never get to talk to you guys in any other shape or form if it w- wasn't for, for this team and that sort of thing. So I, I just, I'm doing what I love to do, and and it's been a lot of fun. That's a great point. I think when people ask what's your favorite thing about doing the podcast, it's 1,000% the networking and bringing on all the guests. It's so cool. And it's funny. People are always like, how do you get guests on a podcast? I'm like, you guys don't realize people want to be guests on podcasts. Like, you're not – 
you're not inconveniencing them. Like you, when you ask someone to come on your podcast, no matter what the topic type of podcast, you're acknowledging they know a lot about your topic and your subject and you value their knowledge. Like everyone wants to come on a podcast. Jacob, uh, what you said about the, the million views and writing since February, was it a, is it fairly, what do you call it? consistent across the board or did you have one article that was just a banger it's mostly consistent but you'll get a couple like a bangers in there like the biggest one that i had was actually a mock draft that i did in march um and i do a lot of mock drafts i just released one a couple of days ago but i I know i I got questions on that we'll get to oh yeah okay oh good 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 but it's it's very it's fairly consistent like a lot of them will hover around like the same kind of numbers like like a lot of it's actually the negative articles that'll get way more i'm not even kidding about that when they they lose and you're like fire stefanski oh that'll that'll go right through the roof but it's pretty it was pretty consistent, but I got to admit, if if you tackled Baker Mayfield or Deshaun Watson, it, it'll blow up. I I did an article. Our friends uh, over at the Faithful Dogs, they interviewed um, uh, Daniel Wallach before, hmm. uh, before Judge Robinson's ruling, before her initial ruling and the appeal and all that stuff. And they interviewed him, and he was like, you know, he said, based on preponderance of evidence, I would give him zero. And he kind of explained it. I quoted that and just wrote a little bit of an article around it. I think did like a hundred thousand people were just like, they'll lap up some of that stuff. And it's really, it's just crazy. Like you write about things that'll get like a hundred hits and then one that'll get a hundred thousand. So it's, it's really, it's hard. It's just like Twitter. It's, it's, it's impossible to predict. That's awesome. That audience is huge. For those of you that don't know, I know a lot of people that listen to this. I, we have some good crossover. Uh, dogpounddaily.com is, if not one, the biggest Brown site out there, uh, independent Brown site, I should say. Um, they do a hell of a job. There's content up there all the time. And uh, our podcast somehow gets woven into every single episode or every single article on that site. So so coming off this buy, again, we all needed it. The whole fan base needed it. God knows the players needed it. Yeah. So let's say the first day of the bye, Stefanski, Barry, Woods, Prefer, Stump, Callahan, they all go into Berea, into the conference room. They sit around a table. They say they do this every year. They audit, you know, where they are up to this point, blah, blah, blah. Jacob, I'm going to go with you first. If you were the fly on the wall in that room, the first day of the bye week in that meeting, what would you think the first thing is being addressed? It's got to be kick coverage. Like as, as lame as that answer might be, it's the only thing that has not at some point been okay. Like you, Joe Woods can say, look what I just did to Joe Burrow. Like, look what I did in prime time. Like I can do this, like, because I've done it last year. I've done it this year, you know, things like that. And then, you know, the kickers can be like, you know, Stefanski can say, look, I ran the ball enough, you know, like all of these things can come up. But when you come to prefer and you say, what in the world is going on outside of your actual kicker and punter on that side? Like why has nothing you've done made any difference out there? And I, maybe I'm too hard on prefer in there, but like, I'm trying to figure that out because at least every other aspect that we have complained about all year has at times been passable or acceptable or even good. Like, as I thought, you know, everything that I thought John Johnson and Grant Delpit played a heck of a game on Monday night. So like even those guys that we have been really mad at, we were like, yeah, good games. But I still look at the, the punts and 
the kickoffs and the returns. If I see one more man run a football out of the end zone on a kickoff, I may lose my mind. Raleigh, what do you think was the first thing they talked about? I mean, you said it a lot more in a much more complete thought than I could have, but essentially everything special teams. But at the same time, I don't recall our special teams unit being particularly good for the past several years. So, and I'm not here to Stefanski bash this episode, but it's like, you know, if you have the worst special teams coach of all time or the worst functioning special teams of all time, and that coach, special teams coach, has been on your team, a part of your regime for three years now, it's like, well, Coach Stefanski, what else are you looking at? What else are you missing? Because uh, it seems like they started making these adjustments uh, defensively anyway, with it seemed like their back was against the wall. And I'm like, not sure how much media came into play or if they're feeling some pressure from, you know, the, whether it's the Haslam's Barry, whatever. It's like, well, why should we, it felt, and I don't even know if this is a false feeling. It felt like the media drove part of this change or that's probably not true, but, why did it have to feel like our backs were against a wall before we strive for perfection every day, whatever it is you do, particularly sports wise, because that's our common subject matter, strive for perfection. And there was so much shit missing. And I'm hoping praying that the defense may have figured it out or unlocked a big piece of the puzzle with whatever, with, I don't know if it was given JJ three, the dot or talkie talkie. Was he playing uh was he playing the mic where just take that energy and run with it defense good job but special teams yeah that was a blocked kick in back-to-back games and god's sake why would anybody anybody take it out of the end zone like there's no person on that team that's equipped to take it to the house let alone the third i mean they're more likely to get a holding call to bring it back or someone getting hurt on the kickoff Take the goddamn knee on the punt. Just catch it. Call the fair catch. End of rant. Sorry, that was probably longer than it should have been. But no, it's all right. It's all right. Hey, I'm. It. If I had to guess, if I were a betting man, it'd be like one of those old movies where they're in the interrogation room at the police station, and that one light light bulb just turns on above the guy they're interrogating, and that's I think Prefer in that room. The lights are off. Barrier Spence just flipped the switch. It's right on Prefer, and they want to ask him. What the hell is going on with these unspecial teams this year? Anyway, we can get into all that, but there's no time. Um, we are heading down to Miami this weekend to take on Tua Tungo Vailoa and two wideouts who I am absolutely scared out of my mind about. Uh, Jacob, what are your initial thoughts on heading down to Miami? Does this team scare you besides the wideouts and Tua? Um, and I guess just right from the jump, what is your what is your take on what we got coming up? Yeah, it's it's a really oh man, I wish I had better news like to to like when you look at it because I've actually surprisingly watched quite a bit of the Miami Dolphins this year, especially this past week, you know, hoping uh, that game went a different direction for us, but uh I 
it's really interesting when you kind of break down some of the data and some of what they're doing because they're not throwing the ball as deep as you think they are. Like based on the touchdowns, there's a lot of intermediate routes that these two wide receivers have turned into explosive plays. It's not a bunch, it's not what Josh Allen typically does in his deep passes where he throws at 40 or 50 yards. Not that Tua can't throw vertically because he can more so than people like my idiot self made fun of him in the, in the off season. And we've really seen how that's gone for me, but they let up a lot of pressure. Uh, They get the ball out at a really high clip, but there's one thing I was talking to Randy Gersey, the editor over at dog pound daily about this. There is a slow windup from Tua. It reminds me a lot of Byron Leftwich, who from the time he starts to throw to release it, it seems like it's a second or more. So there's some opportunities where they could, it's going to have to be the defensive line. But like my initial thoughts, just looking at an explosive, it's like, do not let them run the ball on you. Because if you start allowing them to run the ball, then it's going to be, it's going to get ugly if that way defensively. But I mean, I go and I say, can you give me that defense from last week? Because if you can, I, I think you can limit them. I, I think there's just there's two explosive wide receivers. The key, like I said, they turn these intermediate routes into big gains. Tackle them, please. You had two missed tackles against Baltimore, or against uh, the Bengals, and that was one guy. That was Martin Emerson missed two tackles. Other than that, you had nothing. If you don't, if you go out there and do what they've been doing the previous weeks missing 15 16 17 tackles these guys are just going to turn 15 yard gains into into 45 yard touchdowns all day you hit on one of my other fears coming into this game is that they're not a very big running team raheem is is very good but they're obviously with the wide out threats they have they just don't put it on the ground a lot but with the browns luck as it always is i'm just waiting for him to have some crazy breakout game but i'm hoping we don't have to see that because you nailed it our front has got to be rock solid. If you see and watch where the Dolphins and Tua have struggled, as if, if, like you said, if you can get to him, that is the game plan. And I am hopeful, I am pretty confident that we see that Woods will do exactly what we did against Burrow in the Bengals, is all those creative fronts just get real goofy up there. Simplest way to put it. Just keep throwing different stuff at him like we do with the Bengals, and look what happens. Um, and about, about uh, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. First of all, if I see Waddle do the Waddle against us, I'm going to lose my mind. I love the dance so much. My favorite dance in the league, but not against us, please. So what you were saying, Tyreek Hill leads – or um, he's got 1,104 receiving yards, uh, the most through nine games in Super Bowl era. He's got three touchdowns. So, yes, while he doesn't have a ton of touchdowns, man, he can flip that field so quick. And with his speed and with Waddle out there as well um, – Tyreek Hill has more receiving yards this year than 12 teams. <laughs> Think about that. One guy's more receiving yards than 12 teams in the NFL. Um, so obviously those two wideouts is what's been keeping me up uh, most of the season when I'm thinking about games in the future. I, I think they need to. Woods has got to send a message or Stefanski. Go 110 miles an hour on defense because these guys – Waddle, Hill, they're going to get theirs, but I think it's going to come down to turnovers, turnover margin. If you make a mistake going 110 miles an hour, so be it, but they can't be, they can't play scared. Like they have to be bringing it at all time and trust that, that somebody on the D line 
probably Garrett. If, if I were to put my money on someone, can cause a mistake, cause a turnover. And yes, like you said, for the love of God, please make tackles. Which, because is Greedy, is, um, is Greg Newsom still leading the team in tackles? It's like Grant Delpit, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is? It was Newsom for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, so I guess that's, that's better. Good on Delpit. So speaking of running, while the Dolphins don't run the ball that much, they also are not very great at stopping the run. Um, could be a great day there. Jacob, what are your thoughts on their defense, even with the new addition of Mr. Chubb? I like Bradley Chubb a lot, but I will say that this move felt a little over uh, dramatized a little bit if you go and actually break down Chubb's numbers. And it's like, don't get me wrong, I would rather not face him, oh, yeah. uh, you know, on any given week. But it's not the same thing, you know, as Von Miller getting moved or Khalil Mack or something like that. I, I think he's good, not great when it comes to that sort of thing. I mean, it, it, Anytime you face a team that has been able to put together stretches and like they had to lock down the Ravens to come back against them, you know, obviously that was the beginning of the season. I understand that what I'm getting as yes, they let up a lot of points, but this defense it's, it's creative. You see a lot of different unique look fronts and stunts and coverages and they like to disguise things and they, they do the things that we say Joe doesn't do in Cleveland, which he finally did this week. But, you know, they do a lot of where they're not may not be as much talent. They try to make up with it, you know, schematically speaking. But I watched that game and I think Justin Fields is really good, but they made Justin Fields look really good. Like, rushing yards in a game in NFL history by a quarterback. Which, by the way, seems wild that Lamar doesn't have that sort of record. First thing I said, yep. I was like, Lamar doesn't have that record? It's like, I I figured it would be higher too, by the way. Like, I just, I watched that game and they can be susceptible to the same thing. Like, if you went into that game as the Browns, similar to the way the, the Falcons faced the Browns, I think you'd win this game because I don't think they have a lot of discipline in maintaining their gaps, which is why Fields was like, oh, there's nobody here. I'm just going to run it. I mean, it's it's simple. What you have been able to do, play action, run the ball. I'm not the... I'm a big Kevin Stefanski guy, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you to run the ball 50 times. But if they start it, you know, it goes through the running attack like it did on Monday. It's the same game plan. It's that I don't I think since he's a better defense, I think they're better than Miami. So I'm not worried about Miami's defense. I'm worried a little bit. There's some leaky spots on that line sometimes uh, that maybe Chubb can exploit and potentially get to Brissett. But I'm not – when I'm being kept up at night, it's it's not from the Dolphins' defense. Uh, Wait real a second. quick, hats off to the Jets, by the way, for beating the Bills. That was the highlight of the bye week. Every team that we, like, needed to lose didn't. But that, to me, was like a – it was like a confidence booster that the Bills are beatable. You know what I mean? <laughs> but Speaking of the Bills, we're going through a gauntlet here in the next few weeks. We got to go against Mr. Tua this week. Uh, right now, the Dolphins are averaging seven yards of play on first and 10, which is the best in the league. Um, Tua is dealing right now. He's having a game. And you think about it, he hasn't lost very many games over the last year. Less than five when he's actually started and played the whole game. So we got him coming up. 
And then, of course, we got to go against Brady and Josh Allen if Josh Allen is healthy and plays. But we got our work cut out for us the next few games or next few weeks. As you guys know, the Browns and Dolphins are tied for 24th in the league for points allowed, 24.9. Well, without looking at the Dolphins, I can I can say I believe that for the Browns. <laughs> yeah. Two was having a great other, year. Six other than last game, baby, and the future. Two was having a great season, like I said, 69.9. Nice percent completion percentage, 15 touchdowns and three interceptions. Um, I think this is going to be a very close game. I really do. I think these boys are coming out to play um, at Miami. It was called, you know, 85, 90 degrees. We in South Beach. What up? Boys are going to come out and let's go. Um, speaking of South Beach in Miami, where the Browns have – Actually, I think we're only down to Njoku and maybe one or two other guys from Miami. Uh, but speaking of Njoku, let's get down to some injuries here real quick. Uh, today, we had four guys out. Martin Emerson and Perry Winfrey were out sick. Uh, Njoku with the ankle, JOK with the knee. Were, I guess Njoku was off to the side doing stuff. I don't know if JOK practiced at all. Um, I saw Teller was taking snaps with the ones. Um, I did not see anything about Ward, so he's out there. Today was apparently a big day to get him back on the field. Um Jacob, thoughts on the injuries right now? Do you think Njoku and Ward and Teller out all those guys who plays and who doesn't? I think the two rookies are going to play. They're just a little sick right now. They're fine. Yeah, I, I Martin Emerson, like he's he's that dude too. I, I love what Martin oh, Emerson yeah. is doing, man. That's been awesome. He'll be out there. Um, Njoku told Mary Kay he's playing. He said that yesterday. He said, you know, I'm I'm going to play. There was a video from it was either Mary Kay or Fred Greetham that I saw. Uh, maybe even been Cammy Justice, where he was walking around on on the field. This was yesterday. He wasn't limping. I mean, he was just walking around. You could see he was testing it, trying to pivot and, and kind of do some stuff. So I think Njoku's out there. Um, if it wasn't, I think they paired it with that bye weeks why he didn't play. I think if it was a, a situation where it was a do or die. He probably could have played because the dude wanted to play. And, and I'm a, I'm a big Njoku guy. So like that, that's, I think Teller, Teller has left the door open for him not to play based on his comments yesterday yeah. where he was kind of like, uh, I don't want to lie to you. Like, cause like it was really a really weird off-putting thing there. So I'm like, I'm up in the air on Teller. I think Denzel plays, um, I think JOK plays. I don't see any reason why. The only person I'm not sure is Teller. I think everybody else is going to play. I mean, based on the fact that they're coming, a lot of these guys are coming back from there. I think JOK is is probably the other one, um, which, I mean, Sione Taki Taki, like, it, they seem to be okay, at least for Having a game. year. Having a year. Sign that dude, man. Just re-sign him. I'm all about it. I, I, he's my dad's favorite player because my dad loves to say talkie talkie. So like he's, nice. like, it's like his best's favorite player. I, I'm actually, I feel really good, man. I mean, you, you got a big win. You got the bye week. It feels like everybody's coming back. So on the injury front, I'm, 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 I'm really feeling good about it. You know, I said I'm scared about these wideouts, but I'm really not. And I'm gonna, I could regret this very much, but knock on wood, I'm not that scared of this team. I'm really not. Um, I agree with you. I think everyone, but. Uh, Teller plays, and I think that's he would go out there if he could. I mean, they're having to drag him off this field from playing these games, but I just don't think the calf is back yet. Um, but hey, what I'm really looking forward to is let's think about Delpit, Ward, Emerson. These dudes hate Alabama, 
They don't like Jalen Waddle. They don't like any of these things. I think about Najoku going back to Miami where he went to college. He's never played a game here in his professional career. He's pumped up for this. And these boys are coming pumped and ready to go. I, I hope so. I, I've been wrong before. In my jaded – well, I, everything you said is valid, and that's I'm going to adopt all of those viewpoints as my own once we <laughs> hang up. Uh, but I – for some reason, this bye week particularly, there was a feeling of, like, we came off of the win. The biggest win of the year by a lot. Um, I guess other than week one because that ended the 18-year streak. Yeah, but we weren't, have, we weren't having biggest, a stroke on Monday night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> biggest <laughs> win of the year, bye week, and it's quiet. And you're like, waiting for something to not be right. I'm like, please, God, tell me these guys are practicing hard. Tell me that the momentum the emotion that came with that big ass statement win since call it a statement win i think it is against the Bengals. yep tell me you held on to that particularly on defense and you can roll with it but other than that i've been like what raleigh's coming in and out with his wi-fi we just lost him right there but i will say everything There's he said i agree with something on. absurd happened i think that's good but please just yeah. All right. Well, it. we got we basically. Please don't screw this up, Browns. Please right, we, win by a lot. We got don't most of that. Close. You're coming in and out, but that's it's salvageable right there, um, fellas. I think the only bad thing. Well, I said there is was so frustrating about that game Monday night against the Bengals is that you see the potential of this team and the ceiling they have and the talent they have when it all comes together, especially across all three phases like it did. But another thing that I just remind, Raleigh just reminded me of is we we're up twenty five nothing at halftime. No one was celebrating. No one was happy. <laughs> Then we never will. Never. Not here. But hey, let's get down to it. Let's do some predictions. Oh, yeah. Sunday, 1 p.m., Miami, the Hard Rock Stadium. I think it is. Jacob, what do you got? Uh, it feels like it's going to have to be a shootout. Like, I feel like the Browns defense is a little bit better. So I'll take that. I'm going to take, like, I. I like Jacoby Brissett and Nick Chubb in this thing, and I'll, I'll take the Browns 34-27. I think it's going to be a big win by one team or the other. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be a shootout where both teams put up. I, I think it's going to be one team gets overwhelmed by the other, and I'm I'm feeling the Browns. I'm feeling – the confident energy that I had. I didn't project the confident energy I had into the Bengals game, but I had it. I was feeling good about it. I'm going Browns a lot. Dolphins, not that much. I'm going 31-24 Browns. We got to cover that three and a half, you know, side note. Jacob, sir, thanks again for joining us. Hey, man, I really appreciate it. Uh, you guys are welcome anytime. Join me and Nick on the other side. We'll have to get something set up. So um, there's only one bad thing about that, Raleigh. I don't know if you heard him when he came out earlier, is that they do their show live. Raleigh and I really aren't, you know, we're not really outside docs. But we both have a face for radio. That's why we're doing the podcast. But I'm just taking about, like, live, no editing. I don't know. It, it make, Listen, it makes your life so much easier. And then you get out there and you say something really stupid and you go, ah, this is why we do it live. Don't worry about it. You just blame it on the live. You don't have Fair. to worry about it. I like that. All right. Well, look, Jake, I appreciate you joining on. Uh, we will have all your contact info and everything in the episode description. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening to Dogs of War podcast. We will be back Friday for the pregame episode. Until then, for Jacob, Raleigh, myself, good night and good night, Cleveland.